0: Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Klaus Kapinski. I'm president uh, of the Court of Appeal of the Unified Patent Court, and you are on IP Friday.
1: Hello, and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from in-house or private practice novice or expert we will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks patents, design and copyright discover useful tools and much more
2: Welcome to episode 141 of IP Fridays. Today's interview guest is Dr. Klaus Kabinski, who is the presiding judge of the Court of Appeals at the Unified Patent Court. And we talk about the Unified Patent Court system, which launches next Thursday on 1st of June 2023. But before we jump into the interview, I have news for you. The content management system of the Unified Patent Court seems to have problems. It's uh, quite overloaded and it's very difficult to use at the moment so the unified patent court recognized this problem and now allows hard copies to be filed for opting out patents so you don't have to use the cms the content management system anymore but actually can file opt-outs requests for opt-outs on an usb stick and the details are provided on the website of the Unified Patent Court. This is as of 25th of May, so yesterday. The industry patent quality charter, which was started by companies such as Siemens and Ericsson and Bayer, has gained a lot of attention in the last days. A lot of news outlets in Germany featured this industry patent quality charter and citing declining quality of granted patents at the European Patent Office. Emmentaler cheese cannot be trademarked in the European Union, as the German public sees it as a type of cheese rather than by its geographical origin. Europe's second top court said on Wednesday, so two days ago. Court said, since the mark applied for is descriptive of a type of cheese for the relevant German public and is not perceived as an indication of the geographical origin of the cheese, the general court concludes that it does not enjoy protection as a collective mark. Now let's jump into the interview with Dr. Klaus Grabinski. Today's interview guest is Dr. Klaus Krabinski. If you don't know Klaus Krabinsky, he is the president of the Court of Appeals of the Unified Patent Court. And also he has significantly contributed to the drafting of the rules of the procedure of the Unified Patent Court. And he is also still a patent judge at the Federal Court of Justice in Germany. Thank you for, very much for being on IP Fridays.
0: Thank you. It's a bit like coming home. I've been on the program already twice uh, and uh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.
2: Thank you for coming back and I'm very grateful for your valuable time. So I have questions of very different types and first maybe some administrative issues. You have been deeply involved in creating all the articles and rules that will govern the proceedings before the Unified Patent Court. Are you satisfied with the current proceedings? Yes, it's
0: true. I've been a member of experts uh, committees uh, that uh, were advising uh, first the European Commission and later the preparatory committee of uh, the UPC. And uh, uh, the the larger outline of uh, UPC proceedings is that it is front-loading. So that means that uh, parties are required uh, to put uh, all their arguments, all facts, they are relying on, all evidence they are relying on, uh, in a, a written uh, procedure uh, that uh, will be followed by a uh, interim uh, procedure. The uh, purpose of the interim procedure is to organize, to do everything that is necessary uh, so uh, that uh, the oral uh, hearing uh, can uh, will not take, at least in an average uh, case, no longer than one day so it um, it should not be like in some uh, common law countries uh, uh, on a regular basis that oral hearing uh, take uh, several days even several weeks sometimes Uh, and uh, in that regard uh, i'm uh, regarding that structure of of the proceedings uh, i'm satisfied yes
2: and that is quite um, something that Uh, hits the eye if you see the judges. Um, On the other hand, the rules have been also influenced by the British legislation and the case law of the UK. And the UK is no longer part of the unified patent system. Uh, As it was with the case law of the uh, European patent, uh, the EPC, I mean, the early decisions will probably lay the groundwork for the future case law. So, will the early decision remind us more of German case law, of British case law, of French case law, the Dutch case law? Or do you think it will be mostly governed by the case law of the boards of appeal of the European patent system? What do you think?
0: I think uh, we have to distinguish between uh, substantive law and uh, procedural law. Regarding substantive law, um, uh, there is already a, a, a lot of harmonization in, in Europe. Uh, uh, on the on the national level and uh, I expect uh, the UPC to build on uh this uh, case law um, uh, and um, regarding uh procedural uh, uh, law there um, uh, the uh, procedure is to some extent uh, new it's uh, it's different from from the national procedures and in that regard uh, uh, I expect the UPC to to uh, to Give its own interpretation and to develop, uh, uh, of course, its 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 own uh, case law. And uh, that, of course, there are some issues uh, where you have, uh, particularly also the substantive law, where the national courts uh, have uh, different views and then it will be interesting to see uh, which way uh, the UPC uh, will go. And then, of course, there are also issues concerning substantive law um, where there are no, there's no case law at the moment. New developments, and then again, it will be interesting to see how the where the UPC will go. But don't forget, uh, uh, most of the uh, the judges uh, um, are experienced uh, uh, judges from the national jurisdictions. So, uh, so um, it's it's not going to be a, 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 it's we're not going to be completely new uh, from scratch.
2: I also don't expect big surprises. (laughs) Uh, Some technical judges are um, practicing patent attorneys in patent law firms, and some of them have left their jobs in the patent law firms to avoid um, a conflict of interest or the problem of impartiality, and some did not. Um, Will you or your colleagues offer some guidance how to address this?
0: Well... Uh, The issue of impartiality of judges, uh, conflict of interest in particular, is uh, dealt with in principle uh, by Article uh, 17 of the UPC agreement uh, and by Article 7 uh, of the UPC statute. However, also the service regulations um, adopted by the Administrative Committee provide in Article 7 Um, that uh, a code of conduct shall be uh, adopted uh, by the administrative committee, but uh, shall be prepared uh, by the advisory committee in cooperation with the Presidium. And and, uh, that uh, procedure is work in progress at the moment. Uh, So it can be expected uh, that um, uh, a code of conduct uh, will be uh, adopted by the administrative uh, committee before the system will be uh, up and running on 1st of June uh, this
2: year. That is very, very helpful information. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, one other question that I got from small clients. Um, some are very small entrepreneurs who often after long consideration uh, apply for maybe only one patent european patent and uh, after the transition period as is well known only the unified patent court will be responsible whose cost structure might be much higher compared to a german infringement court especially maybe the refundable uh, costs uh, when the losing party has to pay um, or and is it to be expected that some of these small entities maybe will simply not be able to afford the patent system or the new unified patent court system? Or will there be maybe a small entity status like in the U.S. with uh, with respect to the court fees? Or will, what will be your recommendation for the small very, or maybe very small um, applicants uh, or patent owners? Would it be possible to introduce a new small entity status in the future, maybe?
0: Well, when we uh, talk about uh, uh, costs of procedure, uh, uh, you first, of course, have to know that uh, in Europe we have the cost shift system. So meaning uh, the loser has to uh, compensate the winning party uh, for Uh, uh, for recoverable costs. And uh, this uh, essentially concerns court fees on the one hand, and on the other hand, representation costs. So uh, regarding uh, court fees, um, I'm not sure whether the UPC is really uh, uh, um, more expensive uh, than uh, national uh, court systems uh, uh, where at the moment uh, cases are brought to. Uh, uh, to my information, uh, most cases at the moment go to appropriately uh, for German courts, uh, uh, but of course also to other countries. But then you now compare it to the uh, the, the the court fees uh, of the UPC with the court fees of the German courts, you will notice that when you take the same value as, uh, of litigation as basis, as it's provided for in both systems, uh, that the court fees of the uh, UPC are generally lower than the court fees uh, that have to be paid uh, in, uh, in 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 uh, before German courts regarding infringement as well as revocation actions concerning uh, the issue of uh, small enterprises and even micro enterprises. I also uh, like to to draw your attention uh, to a provision in the. Uh, in the rules of procedure dealing with a court fees, that is saying that uh, uh, these parties, uh, they can uh, require to pay only 60% of the court fees. So even less than uh, the already comparatively, at least when you compare to the German system, low court fees um, before the UPC. Another uh, aspect, of course, is the recoverable uh, cost of representation. Uh, and uh, in that regard, uh, um, uh, when again uh, uh, I compare it to the German system, uh, in the German system, uh, depending on the value of litigation, uh, a, a fixed amount of money has to be paid uh, as a recoverable representation cost uh, by the losing party to the winning party. In the UPC system, it is not; uh, it's again based on on the value of litigation, but it is not a fixed sum; it is a, a ceiling, uh, and so it means that uh, uh, it, it will not go higher than ceiling. Uh, but uh, it, of course, it, uh, the cost decision can be below the ceiling and much below the ceiling, depending on 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 uh, on the on on the costs uh, that were uh, um, uh, made and were appropriate, of course, and. Um, Uh, when you now compare the fixed uh, amount, same value of litigation in the German system with the ceiling Uh, in the UPC system, you will see that the ceiling is higher, significantly higher than the fixed amount in in the German system. But again, it is a ceiling and uh, I don't think in in all cases uh, 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 costs will uh, uh, um, recoverable costs will end up at the uh, ceiling uh, at the level of
2: ceiling, but details will still have to be developed by the court. We will have to see that's right. or well, maybe it is not much more expensive than in Germany. Let's see how this will develop. Um, the central divisions are mostly in charge of the isolated revocation actions and the actions for declaration of non-infringement. Um, how busy do you expect the central divisions to be in comparison with the local divisions, such as Düsseldorf and Munich?
0: Well, that's uh, difficult to say because it uh, largely depends on uh, uh, where the, uh, the cases will be brought, uh, and uh, that is um, for the for the users to decide, and not for the court to decide. So, uh, I I am uh, also uh, a bit ex- excited uh, to learn. Uh, how many cases will be brought to the UPC uh, from first of June, uh, and uh, where they will go? So, uh, uh, sorry, I can't give a,
2: a, a, a prediction in that regard. Right. We all don't know yet how the users will use the system. You are you are not the user; you are the service provider. Basically, you can't really tell. <laughs> exactly. Right. So. Um, uh, uh, Maybe a similar question, but how many appeal proceedings in progress under Rule 222 and 3 do you expect? Will this be a frequent case or will this be the typical case in your opinion?
0: Well, it, again, it depends on, on uh, whether the user, uh, users make use of uh, of uh, these provisions, which uh, and in particular Rule two hundred and twenty Paragraph 3 deal with the so-called uh, procedural appeal meaning that uh, also um appeal can be filed against procedural decisions of the court of first instance uh, and uh, can be uh, brought uh, uh, can uh, be brought to the court of appeal if a uh, uh, leave was granted by the uh, court of first instance and if not then uh, still uh, the, the party uh, has uh, uh, can bring uh, 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 file a so-called discretionary uh, request for discretionary review, and when then the standing judge uh, uh, allows uh, the the review, then uh, again uh, this uh, issue will be brought uh, before the court of appeal. Uh, so we will see uh, uh, to what extent uh, uh, parties uh, will make use of, of this instrument.
2: Yes, let's see. I also have some questions regarding the interpretation of the law. We all don't know how the how the court will decide, but um, there is case law um, um, in all the nations currently, for example, by the Federal Court of Justice in Germany, where you are part of, and there is case law of the boards of appeal of the European Patent Office. And in theory, there... Um, there, the dis- discrepancy is resolved in theory by by the rules, but uh, how do you think this will work out? Like uh, in with regard, especially on claim interpretation.
0: Well, a uh, claim interpretation or claim construction. Uh, I think the approach in general uh, is is the same all over uh, Europe. Um, it uh, well, it is clear that. Um, uh, Uh, The description and the drawings have to be taken uh, into consideration when giving interpretation uh, to the claims. It is clear the perspective is a technical perspective. It's not purely a linguistic uh, perspective. Uh, um, So uh, I think there is not... uh, 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 There's quite some harmonization already there and I'm uh, confident that uh, uh, um, UPC will build uh, on that uh, approach uh, and uh, and will not differ uh, uh, much from from what uh, is already um, um, has been decided by the uh, courts of the uh, contracting
2: member states. Yes uh, um, and one I have one particular one very specific question in this direction. (laughs) Will the UPC apply the problem solution approach of the boards of appeal or will it go more like uh, have the interpretation of the national courts
0: well i think uh, the perspective is probably a slightly different uh, perspective of the EPO as uh, as a patent office and of course also uh, the courts of appeal that are uh, uh, to some extent uh, uh, um, um, uh, Designing uh, the the case uh, uh, the approach uh, then put into practice by the by the examiners and and, uh, and the courts on the other hand so court litigation um, the situation in in a prosecution is uh, there's the examiner uh, that has to uh, make his uh, research and and then uh, uh, um, it, in in, uh, and then uh, in contact with the the applicant uh, uh, decide on the patentability of of uh, of the patents. Um, in that regard i understand that uh, there is should be a very well formulated defined approach which is called the uh, problem solution uh, approach developed by the essentially by the boards of appeal in uh, in, uh, in in court litigation patent court litigation it is a different situation uh usually um the claimant uh um submits uh, uh certain lines of argumentation why for example uh uh, uh the the uh invention as uh, uh, laid down in in the claim uh was obvious to the person skilled in the art for example combining uh, prior art uh uh a with prior art b prior art a with prior art c and b with c for example and then giving arguments why it was obvious. Uh, then, of course, defendant, uh, the other way around, uh, uh, gives, uh, patent owner gives arguments why it was not obvious. And then it is for the court uh, to to have a look at this uh, and, and decide uh, who is right and who is wrong. Uh, so um, that's a different approach. And uh, I guess uh, the, the UPC will more build on the approach that is already applied by the... National courts of the contracting member sense rather than the approach that is practiced uh, by the EPO. Uh, But of course, there's a lot of overlap
2: uh, in that regard. So it's not completely different. I agree. (laughs) It's uh, nearly identical, but uh, there are subtle differences. At least some people think there are. So let's see how this uh, will work out. And I agree. Uh, You are dependent on the arguments brought forward uh, in the court and not. on any structure that was uh, given by the boards of appeal, of course. So um, I I have a question regarding the future of the National Patent Infringement Courts. Where do you see the future of the National Patent Infringement Courts in, let's say, five or ten years? Um, How do you see how do you think this will develop?
0: Well uh during the first seven years, so the so called transitional period, uh, um uh, uh, parties can um, bring uh um uh, litigation to um uh, with regards to uh classical European patterns in parallel to the national court or to the UPC. They so they can decide. So that uh, uh will I guess also uh uh, 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 mean a lot of work for the national courts. Then you have the opted-out uh, uh, European patents that can only be litigated before the uh, national courts. That's again uh, 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 a lot of work, uh, I guess, for the for the national courts, or leave a lot of work for the national courts. And then you have the national patents that also can only uh, be brought uh, uh, litigation that regards to the national courts. And uh, so uh, I expect uh, the national courts to be busy uh, during that time. So after the seven years, again, all opted out patterns still are uh, 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 stay uh, uh, with the national courts as well as uh, the national patterns. So uh, also there is, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, a lot of work uh, for the national courts. But in parallel, I also expect uh, the work for the UPC, over the years, increasing uh, a lot, uh, in particular when uh, when uh, a case law has been developed uh, by the UPC, and that um, and from that case law, the, um, the users uh, uh, will learn what they can expect uh,
2: from uh, from the new court. Yes. I have one last very important question. <laughs> Maybe the most important. So what is your most important message to our listeners who mostly come from the US, some come from Germany, some UK and 80 other countries? <laughs> so what do you want to convey to our listeners about the Unified Patent Court? What is your most important message?
0: Yeah, well, This year it's the uh, 50th anniversary of the signature of the european patent convention and uh, and the, the system uh, is in place uh, uh, for about 45 years now and, uh, uh, and this system uh, allows uh, users uh, to uh, get a patent granted uh, with uh, respect to almost all european countries uh, uh, in uh, uh, one-stop-shop only. And uh, uh, there were always uh, a lot of uh, um, uh, efforts to have a, a similar system also with regard to the enforcement of the patents So the second column, if I may put it like this, of the European uh, patent system. And uh, the... Uh, um, and now it is there. Uh, uh, not, of course, uh, covering all uh, the EPC member states, uh, but uh, 17 countries uh, 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 participating in, the, in, in uh, this uh, new system, UPC system, and that, that is covering uh, 3 quarter of the uh, EU GDP. So it is uh, quite an uh, extensive, uh, quite an important part of... Uh, of uh, uh, the european uh, market that can be covered and uh, i think that is the most important message that uh, now uh, at least to a large extent uh, also enforcement can
2: be a a one-stop-shop only. thank you so much for this great interview and for your patience with me Um, thank you very much for being on ip fridays It's always
0: a pleasure, and uh, thank you,
1: too. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com slash feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com slash iTunes, and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast, or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com slash voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only, and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.